Hi, everyone. My name is Margo Ennis, and I am 17 and a senior at Berkeley. Next year, I will be going to Furman University in Greenville, South Carolina. Now, I don't know about you, but I love stories. When I was younger, I would get my mom or my dad to read to me every night. My favorite story was about a little girl named Chrysanthema. Her name was a beautiful flower. She was unique. Her mom would tell her how pretty flowers were and how special she was. But then when she would play with the other kids in her grade, they would make fun of her. They would say, what kind of name is that? That is such a long name. It has 13 letters in it. That's half the alphabet. That made Chrysanthemum not like her name. So she began to wilt. And then her classmates pretended to pluck her. She wanted to be normal. Her mom would tell her that Chrysanthemum's name was beautiful. The children would treat her as an outcast, though. They separated her from the rest of the kids. Until luckily, though, at the, like the, at the end of all children's stories, Chrysanthemum and her classmates loved her name. You know, it was probably not fun for Chrysanthemum to be treated like an outcast. Being treated like an outcast can make you feel horrible about yourself. I'm going to tell y'all a little story, a story about one of my friends at school. She is 16 and a sophomore at Berkeley. Now, Berkeley has the stereotype of everyone being very preppy. Well, my friend doesn't fit that stereotype. She's the nicest and sweetest person you will ever meet. She cares about everyone and only wants to make everyone else happy. Unfortunately, the kids in her grade do not see her like that. They only saw a girl who wore dark clothing every day, who liked rock music, and who wore heavy makeup, AKA someone who did not fit the mold. So she got bullied. She got bullied so much that when she would try to fit into the mold, she was bullied because she was trying too hard when she would wear frilly clothing. So then she went back to her old style and still got bullied. It got so bad that she started to cut herself. She was labeled as an outcast before people even knew who she was. She wouldn't want to come to school some days until she met some of the upperclassmen. They didn't care what she looked like. They saw her for a true self, a positive, outgoing girl who just wants to be happy. She stopped cutting herself and now never misses a day of school. She doesn't care about what those boys and girls say about her, her in her class. The bullying has subsided a little, but she doesn't mind. She does not see herself as an outcast because the people that matter to her don't see her as one. Her story reminds me of the Samaritan woman at the well, a person treated as an outcast just because she wasn't like the other people accepted in society. It isn't fair for someone to treat you just from the way you are. It reminds me of the saying, don't judge a book by its cover. You hear it all the time and you believe that you aren't judging someone just by the way they seem on the outside. But we all do it subconsciously, all the time. Oh, that person has pink hair. They're probably some weird art person. Ooh, that person's wearing all black. Yeah, they're definitely goth. Why do we do that? 
we are automatically making that person an outcast because they might not fit the mold of how we think people should be. But Jesus didn't outcast that woman at the well. He included her and offered her a gift to change her life, the same one he offers us every day. See, back in those days, the Jews looked down on the Samaritans. They thought the Samaritans were not as good as the Jews because the Samaritans did not go to temple in Jerusalem to worship the ancient traditions. So the fact that Jesus, a Jewish man, helping out a Samaritan woman was a really big deal. Okay now, let's be honest here. Everyone has sinned. Don't tell me you haven't, because I know at one point in in your life, you have. I can personally tell you that I've sinned just this week. (sighs) Okay. I am addicted to gossip. I have to know it all. It has gotten bad, especially since at this time it's getting really close to prom and all the guys have been asking girls to go with them. You know, that's a little bit of a problem for me because I have to know what guy is asking what girl, how he's asking them, and then when he's asking them. And then I have to use every single bit of my might not to tell that girl when I find out. Oh, goodness, I have spoiled one or two surprises this week. (laughs) Whoops, but, uh, I mean, I'm not the only one who does it. A lot of girls do it, right? You know? So, does that make gossip okay? I mean, it's just a little bit. Uh, But what if it was a more serious gossip? Like talking behind people, talking about people behind their backs, or maybe spreading rumors. Is gossip still okay then? If it is, is only bad gossip? Is that only a sin? I mean, doesn't everyone sin? Jesus died on the cross for our sins, right? But does that mean we can do bad stuff all the time and get away with it just because Jesus forgave our sins? The thing is, sin is sin. No matter how big or small, it's all the same. But luckily, Jesus accepted the sinners. You know, even his disciples sinned, and I mean majorly sinned, in the past. Like for Matthew, Matthew, for example, before he became a disciple, he was a tax collector. He would lie and take money for himself. But when he met Jesus and was asked to follow him, Matthew left all of that behind to be taught by Jesus. Jesus took those people who had sinned under his wing. He showed them what a life without sin looks like. He taught them how to live that life. And he does the same for us. He shows us how to live a life without sin. One way is just from the scripture we are talking about today. He helped the Samaritan woman. She was a sinner, but he showed her kindness. He shows us kindness too. Every day we are saved from sin. We can avoid it or accept it, but that can be hard. You know, even in the story of Adam and Eve, the first two people on earth, they'd sinned. Luckily, Jesus taught us to accept the sin and the sinners. Treat them like everyone else. Don't turn your back on them because they have sinned. No one should be treated like that, a sinner. Jesus called the Samaritan woman out on her sin. He said, whoever drinks from the well will always be thirsty, but whoever drinks from the water that I will give them shall never go thirsty again. 
He doesn't want to leave us where we are. He wants us to be molded into a person like him. Now lastly, we have poor. When you hear the word poor, you most likely think of someone who is not financially stable. I did too. But then I asked one of my friends what they thought of when they heard the word poor. He said, I think of people who are wealthy but who are not happy. They are poor because they are lacking happiness. That made me really think. Within the Bible, Jesus talks about the poor as people lacking in spirit. In Matthew 5.3, Jesus starts his Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus would find the poor in spirit and help them, give them the chance to see the kingdom of God. The poor have hope. The poor have hope to be happy and hope to believe. Back in those times, people didn't see that, though. Jesus was the teacher who taught that the poor were people who were better off. They did not care how others saw them because the wealthy already saw them as an underclass. So who really cares, right? The thing is, they aren't an underclass. They are just as equal or better off than the wealthy people. In Psalms 42.9, it says, Both low and high, rich and poor alike. Granted, this verse is taken out of context, but still. But one shouldn't chastise or push down the poor. Rather, one should treat them as a best friend or a close companion. They are just like everyone else. Now taking it back to the Samaritan woman at the well, Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. Now this is going back to what my friend said about what he thought of the word poor. Poor people are lacking in happiness and true joy because they do not have Christ's love, grace, and forgiveness in their lives. Wealth is when you have discovered this gift in Jesus and want to share it with others. Jesus wanted to share his love with her, the Samaritan woman, wanted to help her find his love so that she too can be wealthy. That's all he needed to know. He did not treat her as a sinner, an outcast, or poor because she was a Samaritan woman. He saw her and only her, a woman at a well, who needed a friendly face to help. I mean, don't we all need help? Jesus, help to find Jesus' love. No matter our living status, we need a helping hand. I know I do all the time. I wouldn't be up here right now without the help of Emily encouraging me. So wouldn't you want someone to do that for you? So why not help, help someone else out too? One way you can do this is to buy a mana bag out in the courtyard today and give it to someone in need. Last week, the high school students put the mana bags together because they know just how much we care about the outcast, sinner, and poor. One of the golden rules is to treat others as you would want to be treated. So would you want to be treated as an outcast, a sinner, or poor, or as an equal just like everyone else? So after everything, what would you do if three people stood in front of you? One was a sinner, one was an outcast, and one was poor. 
Would you help just one? Or treat them like they were labeled? Or how about talk to them like they were a best friend? God treats us all the same. He loves us all equally. He shed his body and blood for us all because he loves us so much. Later on, two of our middle school girls are going to show an expression of just how much he loves us before we move into communion. Thank you, Margo, for uh, opening the scripture, inviting us into your life, and inviting us into life in Christ. I, I said, I think one of the joys of a long-term pastor is that uh, you get to watch kids like Margot. I was here when she was born. I've seen her every Sunday right over here about a third of the way back. You know, we preachers get to know where you sit. You've moved, <laughs> Hank is over on this side. He's supposed to be on that side of that pew. I've, I've, I've watched, had the privilege of watching her and her sister and and young adults like her grow up on these pews Sunday after Sunday to see the way a child growing up in the church becomes a disciple of Jesus and is formed to go out from this place wherever their path takes them. As a parent of a Furman grad, I'm very proud of Margot, uh, and into the world. That's, that's what it means. Margot is a witness of the way this church is making God's love real in the lives of children and youth who grow up in this church and are sent into the world as followers of Jesus to share his love, to make his love real in the lives of others. That, for me, is more than enough reason to commit myself, my prayers, my presence, my gifts, my service, my witness. That in itself is more than enough reason for me to give the first tithe of everything that we earn to the ministry of this church, that is more than enough reason to invite you to share in the giving of God's tithes and our gifts and offerings. <laughs> 